Ciao ragazzi and welcome to another edition of Serie A Sit Down, World Football Index's podcast of Calcio told like it is. I'm Frank Rivello. He is the freshly quaffed Richard Carmen. Ciao, Richard. Ciao, Frank. How are we doing this evening, huh? Did the Kevin Karanyi lookalike contest must have ended and you, <laughs> and you didn't and you didn't win. I didn't win, so I chopped it all off in uh, spite. Uh, yeah, I feel ten pounds lighter, maybe more. So yeah. <laughs> I, I wish I, I wish cutting off all cutting off all my hair would make me ten pounds lighter, but that ain't happening. <laughs> Maybe an ounce. So. Got to grow it out first, see? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess that's I guess that's the strategy, right? So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. How are we doing tonight? Good. We're good. Back on Sundays, Richard. We're back on Sundays. Yeah, yeah. Back on back on the the normal kick. I guess it's normal kick. It's not not so normal anymore. But yeah, back to Sunday nights. Uh, Good, good time. Right after the game, it's still fresh in our minds. It's all good. It's yeah, all good. shout out, shout out to Alex Dono for having me again on uh, Onside Radio on his Man of the Match program on uh, Friday. Um, and nice. uh, he, you know, we, we, uh, you know, I let him know and just that we were built back to Sunday nights, and he was excited about the fact that you know the content would be fre- be a lot more fresh in our minds, uh, you know, and how we were going to break it all down and all that other stuff. Yeah. And I told him, I said that just no, I said. Yes, for you, but for me, that just means a lot less time for prepare to prepare, and I have to cram in all of the you know <laughs> review everything that happened and take a look at things and all of that other stuff. It actually, Our takes will be stupider than normal, right? Yeah, yeah we <laughs> they'll be fresh takes, but they they won't be as intelligent and as well digested <laughs> as as they were on a Tuesday night. So I hope everybody right. can forgive us a little bit. So that's right. Tyler Sharma's in the house, of of course, always first one in the chat. He's hyped for Sunday night show, and we are too. It's been a while. Uh, Tyler Tyler gets first in the chat like he thinks there's a prize for it or something like that. But we appreciate it nonetheless, Tyler. Yeah, yeah. Why? Well, so one time he doesn't, we'll give out a prize. So <laughs> just saying, we should just despite him. He's an interesting. <laughs> they got plenty of they got plenty to be happy about. They don't need something else sent yeah. their way. So yeah, yeah. You know, most of those most of Inter Twitter are winning our Who Won Calcio Twitter every week and. You know all of these other things so um you know but nonetheless uh uh you know great to have you with us if you are uh, watching us uh please join the chat we'd love to know who you are where you're coming from um please uh drop a like uh and subscribe uh, so that uh you can get notified uh whenever uh we go live on the air if we're going to uh drop uh, additional videos to this uh usually richard will uh find stuff here and uh you know, make little clips, little snippets that uh, that that can be for your li- viewing and listening pleasure. So the Calcio guys are here. Uh, good to see you guys. Good to have you with absolutely, us. Absolutely, absolutely. What we will do is uh, break down everything that went down on match day thirty. We do have one more game that's going to take place on Monday, but we'll go through the nine games and twenty four goals uh, that took place. What we saw, how we feel about it. Um, and uh, what it means as it shapes up the business end of the Serie A season as we're in the middle of it. Uh, we will take a look at that uh, Benevento Sassuolo game on Monday. Uh, we will preview leg two, Richard, um, of Roma Ajax uh, in the Europa League. Yeah. Obviously, the uh, surprise win uh, for Roma by two goals to one. Uh, so now in a very, very good position to qualify for the semifinals, where in all likelihood they would face Manchester United. Um, you know, so an opportunity for them potentially, if they can still overcome Ajax, 
uh, to see if they can fare any better against Man United than Milan did. Uh, and then, of course, we will end it with the world's most popular hashtag game, Who Won Calcio Twitter, and we are loaded. Thanks to a certain video clip featuring a ball boy and Calafiori. So, um, yeah. And uh, I just saw that, and I just grabbed it, and I said, okay, uh, my people, come on, get with it. Do your best on this. What is this a metaphor of? So we kind of did it. We kind of did a little side action here. We'll see if one of those might win it. It might be something else totally off the cuff. We yeah. got a bunch of nominees to go through. We almost were getting ready to just have this be an entire Who Won Calcio Twitter podcast. But Who Won Calafiori, right? Yeah. <laughs> Winner gets Calafiori? Yeah. Uh, that's a I don't know. I don't we, know. I, I, we, we don't have that kind of poll. Yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> so, that's right. We don't have that kind of poll. So. No. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, let's dive into it. Uh, the fun began on Saturday with uh, something I guess that you could call, uh, you know, a bit of a relegation six-pointer, although I yeah. think Crotone is in more than enough trouble. But Spezia definitely uh, would need this game, uh, you know, to enhance their chances of survival in their first season uh, of asking. Uh, great game here. We, uh, in the 40th minute, a goal of the week candidate, uh, Kofi Gigi, a little bit of a – uh, back to goal, just flicking it over uh, Providel yeah. and putting Crotone ahead by a goal to nil uh, just five minutes before halftime. Uh, 63rd minute, that man again, Daniele Verdi, not as spectacular as what he did a week before, but important nonetheless. Yeah. They all do count the same. 1-1 at that point. Simi scores again uh, in the 78th minute. It is 2-1 uh, for Crotone. Giulio Maggiore scoring in the 89th minute and then in the 92nd minute. What uh, a dramatic game and a dramatic three points here for Spezia. They yeah. win 3-2 over Crotone. Uh, they get to 32 points. This is a team that we all thought uh, were going to be bottom of the table in Serie A this season, but in great shape to survive at this point. Ten points Parma, up. Yeah, yeah, 10 points from safety, or 10 points from danger, let's say. Yeah. Um, Parma and Milan, and in the eighth minute, Ante Rebic, goal of the week candidate, beautiful turn uh, in finish in the eighth minute there, played in by Zlatan Ibrahimovic, making it 1-0. Uh, they would double their lead just before halftime. Frank Kessie, a bit of nice team play, delicate little layoff by Teo Hernandez, finished by Kessie, making it two goals nil to nil. 60th minute, uh, Maresca doing Maresca things, uh, and Zlatan may or may not have said something about Maresca's mother uh, and got sent off for it uh, in the 60th minute. So that put Milan down to 10 men. Ricardo Galliolo getting a goal back for Parma. Parma doing the pressing here down the stretch in this game before the uh, – very last minute where uh, Diego Dolo won a tackle. Yeah, Diego Dolo won a tackle. Um, strange. It's 2021. It's an extension of 2020. <laughs> it is. Um, and uh, he plays in Rafael Leal, only the goalkeeper for Leal to beat 3-1 to the Rossoneri to keep their grip on second position. Udinese and Torino. Um, Udinese, despite all of their efforts, all of their possession, uh, I'd say they got shithoused. Um, a Andrea Bolotti penalty winning that for the Granata. And then if you got up early in the morning, Alex Dono did. Tyler Sharma uh, got up for this. Most of you did. Inter won. Cagliari nil. A lot of pissing and moaning on, on Inter's performance uh, with the way things were going here against the pretty resolute Cagliari side. Mm -hmm. uh, this kid, 
this Guglielmo Vicario in goal. Vicario, yeah. Uh, very, very impressive debut. Uh, had it not been for him, Inter probably walked this. Uh, but nonetheless, the kid comes good. Um, but uh, Matteo Darmian coming even better in the 77th minute uh, to give into the narrow uh, 1-0 win. Let's start with the team at the top, Richard Inter. I said on Alex's radio show on Friday, something that I always say here on Serie A, sit down, Inter supporters, Inter Twitter, Interisti. It ain't about style points. It's about no. three points. Yeah, and we talked about this last podcast too, right? They said the way the way from here on out is this shit housing the way. Basically, it's you know he's not going to win pretty. He's just going to win. That's all he cares about. It's kind of what Allegri's recipe was when he was so successful at Juventus. It's not about style points. It's just about getting the victory. Yes, they had probably the best attack in in, in Serie A and and probably the best defense and so on and so forth. But it doesn't matter at this point. At this point, keep the goose egg as best you can and yep. get the win. That's all that matters. And Right now, I mean, they got an 11-point lead on, on second place. So, uh, yeah, they just march and steady. And if you're into DC, just enjoy it. Enjoy it. Right now, you're just in cruise control and just enjoy the rest of the season here. Stop worrying it, so much. It, interesting to me that this was an Inter that was put in a situation where they had more of the ball. I, I had been saying, we said on Tuesday night that, you know, you could you, – you, it may not come as a surprise that Inter could be inferior in possession – you know, in every game for the rest of the season because they don't need to have the ball in these games. They yeah. can, they're so good. Just look at the um, midweek against Sassuolo, right? Sassuolo right. dominated possession, but that meant nothing. Yep, yep. And that's exactly, and, and if you were watching us or listening to our podcast, preview, getting ready for that game, we told you that, that that is exactly what was going to happen. Richard got the score, right? I didn't. I, I thought Inter would get a third. Uh, so I, so sue me. It's scary how, how right I get Juve all, I mean, Inter all the time now. It's, I got to get them out of my head. I'm waiting for the offseason. <laughs> well, no, just when it's the Milan Derby, you know, keep that. Keep that uh, keep that quality about you, and when we get to the Derby <laughs> della Madonnina, okay. you know, you know, predict, uh, you know, some. Don't get greedy, but like two one to Milan, or okay. you know, you know one nil, you know, things like that, and and and, and, and us Milanese. Of course, I lost the hair, so I may have lost my predictability or prediction thing here. So you never had it. Well, That's I true. should That's get. Well, you're 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 on a pretty good path to enter first Atalanta second, as you said at the beginning of the season. That's yep. very. That is yeah. very much in play. Yes. Um, but, you know, so it was interesting seeing how they could try to work their way around. I mean, I think they looked rather comfortable. Um, yeah. They can play that way if they're put in a position to. They're not as prolific in those moments and in those situations, you know. And it's almost like when you're prepared to play Inter, it's almost like you want them to have the ball. Um, because whenever I see, you know, I mean, I, I think of the two Shakhtar games in the Champions League. Inter had superiority in both of those games, and uh, they they couldn't get a goal. Um, these games where they're seeing more of the ball, it's Closer. it's a little bit more of a struggle. They love allowing Lataro and Lukaku to have the space, yeah, um, and and to be able to just kind of stay behind what you're doing, throwing guys forward, and then when it's theirs, boom. Off they go, and they're so well connected, you know, in how they play, um, you know. So it was interesting for a change to, you know, to again watch them in possession to see if they figured anything out. And again, and we've been saying this all season long: Inter is a team that is going to be far more dangerous when they're inferior in possession than than when they are when they have it. 
Yeah, and then, you know, even with their counterattack, uh, having the wingback play is very crucial for them. Obviously, yep. with Hakimi down the right-hand side, either Ashley Young or Darmian on the left. And it's very pivotal to the way they, they succeed. And we saw one of the goals, the Darmian goal assist by Hakimi. A perfect example of that, right? So they can they can get you any kind of way. They got the counter goal with Luka, with uh, Arturo as well. And so, yeah, it's um, uh, interfine ways to win it, whether it's against, you know, we saw midweek or the, or, or today. Or yesterday, I guess, just to say, um, they, they their bread and butter is the counterattack, like you mentioned. It's been Conte's, you know, bread and butter for forever. So yeah, I would agree with you. I think if you uh, you play Inter, your best chance is to give them the ball, and then you, know, you play on the counter and make them a little bit off easy. I mean, it's not going to be easy against them. They're 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 good from top to bottom, but you have your you have a better chance that way. I think. I mean, and let's not you know let's I mean. Don't get us wrong here. I mean, Inter created some good chances, yeah. you know, when they when they had the ball. They just don't feel as dangerous when you watch them play. Um, That's because they're so it, clinical on the counter. That's what. right. I mean, and, and and Lukaku, it feels like if you can crowd him, he has a few more issues than if he has if he has space or if he has the ability to work or is back to goal one. You know, is back to goal against a defender and in those particular situations. I mean, he still got his. He still had a couple of chances. Cagliari limited him a little bit, so they did a good job on him. But that, yeah. you know, by doing so, that gave chances to to, to players in the midfield. Christian Eriksen and Stefano Sensi were ever present, you know, just around that eighteen yard area and just hammering away chances that that just, you know, look, look or it was Sanchez who started. Uh, Lataro came on as a sub, um, but. The forwards kind of get crowded out. There isn't a lot of space for them to work with. Balls are coming back to guys like Erickson and Sensi, and 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 they're getting their chances from distance. And yeah. these, not bad to have those guys taking those chances. No, not at all. Not at all. So, um, let me look at these Saturday games. Uh, Spezia, we already talked about. I mean, this is massive for them. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, on their way now. Very, I, I mean, it would be an it, it would be an astonishing collapse for them to to be relegated at this point. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I think a lot of credit uh, going out to Vincenzo Italiano, the job he did. I mean, I think when you talk about manager of the season, I think there'll be a lot of you you know, a, lot of plaudits, yeah. a lot of the a lot of the plaudits are going to go Antonio Conte's way, and Absolutely. Antonio Conte will probably end up being the manager of the season, and that is fine. Yeah, but. Uh, Vincenzo Italiano should be in the conversation because nobody I talked to had a kind thing to say about the Spezia team in terms of their prospect for survival. And here they are, 10 points clear of the drop. Um, and, uh, you know, Italiano has done well with the resources that he's had to work with. Yep. Do you find him to be a guy that is ready for a bigger bigger opportunity and by bigger i don't mean top six you know but one of these mid-table teams that's looking to make that european push you know if they've this you know if they figured they, this is as far as we can go with this guy or that guy you know that that italiano could be the guy that steps in would would that be something that some of these middling clubs might want to consider uh uh you know a an udinese um a, yeah. you know a, a fiorentina right so yeah. should they be taking a look at this guy and, you know, if they think that they can get him, make that kind of move? They certainly should. I think every every mid-table team should be looking at him because uh, of the work he's done with Spezia. Do I think he's ready for it? I don't know. I, I kind of want to see him do it. It's, it's, 
it's a difficult right situation here because I think yeah. I, I kind of want to see him stay at Spezia and do another season and prove that he can build upon that with the current squad. Yeah. But there's also that chance that maybe to do far worse next year and then he loses that opportunity, right? So you, do you you strike with the irons hot or do you get another chance and try to and, and continue to try to build? It, that's a tough question for him. But um, I would personally like to see him stay at Spezia and, and try to improve upon this season. Uh, it worked wonders with Jodic. Um, and you know now he's doing you know really great things at, at, at Hellas. So um, yeah, I mean we'll we'll see. But I think every mid table team should certainly look at him because Spezia have been tough from the beginning and have only gotten better as the season's gone on. Like they found ways to come back in several games. We saw this game obviously down uh, and came back and won this game. I mean two goals late late. Uh, so they're finding ways, and it's uh, credit's got to go to the manager for that hundred percent. Yep. Second season syndrome, you know, yeah. do, you, do yeah. you stay and go down with the ship yeah. uh, or uh, do you cash it? Do you cash in your chips now uh, and, and, yep. and, and get into a better position? So yep. that's going to be an interesting one to watch in the summertime. You know, um, logic would tell you, uh, conventional wisdom would tell you that he'll remain loyal and remain with Spetsy and, yep. and, 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 and at least fight it out another season. But uh but we shall see. He could be a name on the on the lips of uh, you know clubs in Serie A that might be looking for a manager. Uh, I think it depends on how many guys does he lose, right? Because a lot right. of guys are going to be a lot of teams are going to come for their guys now, uh, and you wonder how many people they can keep a hold of. If they can keep a hold of majority of their guys, why not stay? Right. If they're losing like you know five five pl- five players or more, maybe it is time to move on. You know, so it, that that depends, I think, heavily on his decision whether to stay or find find better pastures, greener pastures, right? Right. I mean, how um, is he? Let's see. I think he's. I'm thinking about guys like Matteo Ricci. Matteo Ricci has been with Spezia. You know, I'm not sure if he's like owned by a bigger club. Right. You know, but but Ricci is a player that's an example that probably will attract some interest. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously Mbala and Zola. Daniele Verde has resurrected his career somewhat here, yes. especially over the last couple of weeks. Yes. Uh, Emmanuel Jassi is a guy that I rate. I mean, I, I rate I some too. of the guys on this team. Pobega's yeah. uh, Milan's property. Yep. Um, yep. You know, but the the left back here, Ricardo Marquezza, is useful too. Um, Got this so, today. Yep. Yep. So uh, a talented player, uh, you know, a talented player for them. And I think that he has been on the books at Spezia for a while too. Yeah, he has. Hmm. So... Um, you know, how many of these guys, do they continue the project? Do they keep it going? Or do they, you know, do they cash in on some of these guys? And does does Italiano cash in on his situation too? Yeah. Um, Milan, uh, good performance here from them. Uh, they, they, a lot of this possession, Milan dominated, you know, really controlled the first half, dominated, had great chances. Uh, you know, Parma were relatively dangerous going the other way. I felt nothing to get. Nothing you get totally crazy about. Um, obviously, this game changed on the Ibrahimovic red card. Now, I do believe Milan are going to try to appeal this uh, because they're of the belief that Ibra didn't say anything or do anything wrong. Yeah. Um, I've read a couple of different stories. I'm still trying to kind of get you know totally into that and find you know and find out what the deal was here. But um, I I I. I'm giving Milan half a chance with being successful in this appeal because of who the referee is. This is the same guy that sent off. Remember the Kievo Juventus game? Yeah. This is the same guy that sent off Cacciatori. And, yeah. uh, and, <laughs> and you know, when Cacciatori was clearly fouled in the penalty area and Moresca didn't give it, and then Cacciatori just 
went on this tantrum. Like he had his, you know, he did the thing with the arms crossed and then Moreska <laughs> sent him off. Um, and then that just changed the game. Kievo were down to 10 men. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, we, uh, we have a referee who is, has made some very interesting decisions and has a history of making some very interesting decisions, which kind of gives Milan half a chance at Ibra being able to appeal the suspension here. Yeah, I think so too, but uh, I'm still curious to hear what he said. Because uh, yeah. it's rare that you get a straight red card from talking. Milan have had a couple this year already, but uh, yeah, I'm curious. I, I definitely want to wait to see what the results are from that. But Milan played well nonetheless. Uh, obviously, Frank Kessier, you know, one of the team MVPs, along with you know Donnarumma, arguably, and, and Zlatan. Uh, he played well. The team played you know fairly well. Um, good to see Ben Asser getting his mojo back. It seemed like uh, you know getting some more pitch time is going to help him as well. Um, and, you know, Donnarumma making some big saves, had a big yeah. double save in the game, I think, that really helped uh, keep Milan on the front foot because, uh, you know, Parma did come and push a couple times in this game. Uh, yeah. And if not for those two big saves, you know, who knows what this game could have gone. Sure, sure, no doubt about it. Um, I, th- I I thought Benis there played really well. It was nice to see him. It looks like he's starting yeah. to get it get it back together a little bit. I don't. Th- yeah. He's not 90 minutes ready yet, but it was important to see him perform. Uh, I think, you know, Chalinolo, there was a question about, we're going to get to some listener questions uh, here uh, at the end of all of these recaps. So we'll, we'll, we'll touch on those then. Um, Chalinolo is going to be a guy we're going to talk about in that conversation. Uh, (laughs) Cassier was the, Cassier was the best player in the game. Um, 11 goals now. What's that? I said 11 goals now. I mean, nine of them are penalties, but still. This one wasn't a penalty. It was was a well-crafted team effort, uh, you know, type of goal. And then Donnarumma. Um, had that huge double save, uh, and then, uh, you know, among a couple of other big saves that he made in this game. So, um, you know, an important three points for Milan. I mean, that's what you got to do when you're playing these teams that are, that look like they're dead and buried. You've got to, you've got to bury them. Um, you know, they certainly took that chance. Uh, I don't know how much we have to talk about Udinese and Torino. Um, yeah, that was a struggler. That was a struggle. I mean, it's a huge three points for Torino. I mean, they, on the back of getting the point, um, from uh, Juventus in the Derby uh, to follow it up with, you know, with getting a smash. This is a smash and grab for Torino here. Um, and now they're five points in safety. That's uh, that's huge at three points. With a game in hand. And yeah. I believe that game in hand is, is it Benevento or is it, um, it might oh, be Lazio. I think it's Lazio. I think it's Lazio. So that'll be an interesting game. That'll be, that'll yes. be that could be a bigger game because Lazio have still are playing for you know trying to get the Champions League, trying to position themselves you know for the Europa League as well. So uh, it's it's gonna be a big game for both clubs. Um, so yeah, stay tuned for that. Yeah, that that's gonna be a pivotal game for both teams. Uh, you know, prospects for the remainder of the season, no doubt about it. So, yeah. uh, but if they win that one, now all of a sudden they're eight points clear of. Um, Cagliari and and Cagliari just we, we you know we'll we'll you know we played bravely here against Inter today had some great goalkeeping as we said and had a couple of key performances in some other spots but yeah man I mean just you know we keep harping on them uh, I mean this is I, I can't remember a a bigger you know team of underachievers relative to their quality over the last handful of years than what we're seeing with Cagliari this season yeah I mean you could argue Fiorentina you know last year or whatever when they were flirting with relegation was was also yeah. as bad but they survived that's a big thing and Cagliari are not going to survive at this point I mean it looks all but looks like relegation is all but set at this moment which is unfortunate because usually that's one of the best races of the year 
still a little bit early, but uh, yeah, it's it's unreal the amount of the, what, what kind of quality players they have on this team and yeah. where they're at in the table. Yeah, I. Uh, d- there's a question related to that too, but there's going to be some uh, hmm. there's going to be some very very good players on that Cali team that are going to come available if uh, if relegation is the path that they go. So, yeah. um, all right, take us through multi calcio to the rest of Sunday. All right, so uh, starting off, uh, we got Hellas Verona hosting Lazio. This game would uh, we knew it was going to be a difficult game no matter what. Uh, you got a team with like a defense like 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 Verona, maybe not so much lately. Uh, and then Lazio is still trying to make uh, gather their points and try to make a, a push for Europa League, try to stay ahead of their their city rivals. Uh, this game had uh, lots of opportunities in this game. I mean, well, there. There was almost a goal of the week candidate. If this goal counted by uh, Felipe Caicedo, I think this would have been goal of the week. But his elbow got in the way. Goal didn't get wasn't counted. But you know, nonetheless, they kept playing and playing. Lazio trying to get the three points. They needed the three points in this game. Didn't look like it was going to come at all because uh, you know Hellas was trying to stand tall, stand tall on this one. But uh, in stoppage time in the 92nd minute, SMS Sergey Milinkovic Savic uh, gets a header. Uh, out jumps everybody, gets a header right on goal. Uh, they win one nothing at the death. Uh, great three points for Lazio that you know that puts them ahead of Roma for the, for the time being. Uh, moving on, Juventus hosting Genoa. Uh, these are actually a nice game for Juventus in terms of goals. Uh, first goal started off in the first uh, four minutes of the game. Uh, some nice passing quadrado to Kulusevski. Kulusevski gets a nice left-footed shot. Goal of the week candidate. one nothing at that point. Uh, they would follow it up in the 22nd minute. Morata, a more more nice team play. Another goal of the week candidate. Uh, it was a crazy set of plays that, that led to this. But uh, goal nonetheless. Uh, two nothing uh, at that point, and then uh, Skamaka would get one back. He thought he had one just before the half uh, to make it two one, but no, it, it didn't go in. Other side of the break gets a goal, two to one. Maybe you have a game in here, but uh, Weston McKinney put it away in the seventieth minute. Juve win three one, one point now behind Milan in third place. Team just behind them, Sampdoria hosting Napoli. Napoli, of course, is the one I'm talking about, who are in fifth place. Um, this game uh, was begging for goals. We knew goals going to happen, and of course, of course, it's Fabian Ruiz, right? He's going to lead the goal scoring, uh, assisted by Zelensky, but a fantastic shot, fantastic goal. It's goal of the week, Canada team team goal here, wonderful. Uh, Fabian Ruiz puts it away, one nothing going into halftime, and it would take until late, late in the game where another another nicely nothing nicely worked play. Olsiman gets the goal in the 87th minute. Two nothing, um, big big game for Aldero. Uh, had a lot of saves in this game, but all for not. I mean, Napoli really are bringing the pressure in this one. They win two nothing going away. Uh, Roma hosting Bologna. Roma win one nothing. A goal by uh, Mayoral in the forty fourth minute. But uh, don't let that fool you. Bologna came and brought it. They they really. They really bit the bullet on this one. They had many, many opportunities to get a goal past Paulo Lopez, but they kept missing their opportunities all throughout the game long. Uh, both goalkeepers came up big in this in this one, but you know I think Bologna had one. At, they were ready to play in this one, and they just the the, the final goal, the one goal, just kept evading them, and, and they ended up losing this game, one uh, nothing to Roma. Uh, and then the last game of my batch, uh, the game that we thought could have some goals, and it certainly did. Fiorentina hosting Atalanta. Uh, goal scoring started early in the 13th minute. Zapata would get the goal from Malanovsky. Uh, from then on, um, just before halftime, Zapata got his second goal. Uh, 
I mentioned him for gold. Uh, mentioned for the Capacanieri, even though he's way, way behind. He's like 10, 14 behind uh, Ronaldo here. But anyway, uh, Malinovsky gets an assist on that one as well. Uh, so 2 nothing going into halftime. Uh, coming out of the break, Vlahovic decided to get in on the action, gets a goal in the 57th minute. Goal of the week candidate in the 66th minute, Christian Kawame just doing beautiful things. Lovely assist to Vlahovic for the goal in the 66th. We got 2-2, got a game all of a sudden. Uh, just minutes later, though, Ilicic, there's a penalty in the, in, penalty in the Fiorentina end. Ilicic would step up, gets the goal, passes Drago, Dragowski, excuse me. Uh, Atalanta would win 3-2 on the road. Big points by them because they keep up, they keep pace with Juventus as well. So uh, that rounds up my batch, Frank. Uh, where do you want to start with this one? Because uh, let's start with that. Let's start with the last game, Fiorentina Atalanta. A lot of goals in that game. Uh, two guys, Lil Vine for hat tricks in that one. Um, pretty, pretty entertaining game uh, from, from what I saw. What did you make of that game? Uh, excellent performance from both teams. I mean, yeah. in terms of how they were going to carry things out. Fiorentina, very good on the counter. Um, Dragowski, six saves in the game. I mean, he had a big game as well. You know, and then, yeah, Dragowski keeping the minute, no doubt about it. Uh, is it six or was it five? I think it was five. Um, let me see here. Yeah, I got five here. So, um, you know, the only thing that could hinder Atalanta from – a top four finish. And I, and I think they're going to stay, they're going to finish in the top four. Uh, you know, I'm not, um, is that defense? Um, I, they, they tend to be all over the place. Uh, Christian Romero got into a challenge in the first half of this game with Lalovic, which was very, very, I did. I think yellow (sighs) was fine. Um, you know, I think that what you heard, this is the problem. You know, this is the issue when you don't have fans at the game. Um, you hear the other touchline selling the referee on on it being a red, you know. And uh, I, I I watched that challenge a couple of times and did not come away thinking a red was 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 warranted. Some of the ball got got touched there. I thought um, I thought yellow was harsh too. I thought I thought it was a good tackle. I thought he did get him. So mm-hmm. I can see where the yellow comes in, but anything I more yellow than yellow. appropriate. I think yeah, it was a red was no, not even question. I thought yeah. I mean he made a meal of it. Um, that was more Fiorentina bench, the Fiorentina yeah. bench trying to sell the referee. And had he got him better, had he it was a head on a bit, a more of a direct direct contact. I think yeah, certainly could have quite, you could have thought about yeah. a red, but oh sure, he, he barely got him. But uh, yeah, yeah, sure. I'm fine with the yellow there. Uh, but there's a questionable call also later on in the game where uh, I think Romero again gets involved and you know Vlahovic goes flying down on the pitch. Uh, it goes the other way, and Zapata ends up scoring the goal. Uh, and the Fiorentina were screaming for a penalty there or a foul there, and you know a red card for Romero. That one I thought was nothing on that. I thought Romero, yeah, maybe they got tripped up, and your feet got together, but then Vlahovic completely dives, in my opinion, yeah. and doesn't deserve that call. So I think the good play by the referee not to call that foul on that one, let it play on. Yeah, Vlahovic is trying to bait Romero into a second yellow there. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's there's no question. So, um. Yeah, I you know it's it's Atalanta. It doesn't matter who's on the pitch because and, and Gasparini subs anybody he wants and he brings in guys and those guys come in and score. I mean, Ilicic you know, came in Ilicic, the second Ilicic, half, right? Yep, <laughs> and scores a penalty. Uh, it's it's the defending. I mean, if, if if they fall out of the top four, it's because of the defending. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, and, and granted, Fiorentina scored some really nice goals here. I think the first one came on a. Uh, you know, ball a ball that came back across and Vlaovic. You know, we saw a lot of good runs in the box that opened up other runs. Yes. Okay. On some of these goals this weekend, it's, it's stuff that I'm a big fan of. 
you know, and it's in particular, it's great when a, a player like Vlaovic can read what's going on and sees that he's got a couple of teammates that are already kind of going along that six yard, that, that six yard area. Um, the top of that six yard area has taken some defenders with him. Okay. I'll hang back. Cause one of two things are going to happen. It can cut back to me, which in this case, that's what happened. Or a, a rebound might fall to me or a missed clearance might fall to me. So I think that was pretty for a young striker. I thought that was pretty savvy on his part. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it shows some, it shows some experience. It shows some, it shows some very nice awareness, uh, you know, around that 18 yard area, um, you know, but, but cut, you know, it, Atalanta's also got to pick that up too. Um, the second goal, uh, Mela, where are, where are you? <laughs> I mean, you know, Kwame's making this run. He's drawing the defenders. He gets past them. Um, you know, somebody that was close to Vlaovic now has to come over. Uh, respo- it's Mela's responsibility to come over and maybe pick up Vlaovic in that situation, and he's 10 yards away from the play. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, it's it's things like that. And we've seen that all season long from Atalanta from a defensive standpoint. Um, that could potentially be a detriment. Don't you know, like I said, I still think they're going to finish top four. Um, but that is a potential detriment to their Champions League chances. They got to figure out how they're going to shore that up. They host Juve coming up. Uh, they travel to Roma coming up. Mm-hmm. Two teams are going to be more than happy to expose that because I'll tell you this: I think Atalanta are going to have the have the ball in both of those games, and Juve's reasonable on the counterattack. You saw what they did on their second goal against Genoa. Uh, Roma—that's their comfort zone. We'll talk about them here shortly. Um, and then you've got some other talented teams in here: Bologna, Sassuolo. Um, definitely are going to be in, and then at the end of the season, Milan. So, yep, um, this is a tough. This is a tough path, and you're you're going against some teams that will figure out how to score goals on you, especially when you're that uh, lax as a defense. So um, I've kind of gotten long-winded about Atalanta, but you, if you're looking for a detriment for them right now, that's it. No, Hatabor is going to hurt. Yeah, know? yeah. Mela has some quality, sure. um, but he can be had defensively. You know, I think it's underestimated that you know Hatabor is a decent individual defender. You know, in addition to his abilities going forward, Mela's strong in terms of going forward but he can be he can be a liability liability in 1v1 situations too yeah so no i agree i agree um looking at the uh the reigning champions not you know not the one not the not the champions of this year more than likely but uh juventus i think they put on quite a show against uh genoa uh if not for perrine really they could have put a lot more goals i thought all three goals they scored were nice um, good game overall. They it's a team that this is a result they should get right, and this is probably more of what the the fans want to see in terms of style and the passing. And Chiesa he's been brilliant, you know, in the midweek and then today. Yeah. Um, you know, the Murata is he's quietly one of their better stri- better attackers. He just knows how to get past guys. I mean, he for a big for a big guy, he goes to guys effortlessly. It seems like. Yeah. Um, and that's that's a quality of his. His technical ability, his his vision, and uh, just what kind of what kind of player he is, and so yeah. Overall, I think uh, you know Quadrado, Quadrado had a better game. Obviously, with him having a better game, the team played better as well. So yeah, it's a good it's a good performance by them, I think. And uh, like I said, if not for Perrine, it could have been a bigger scoreline. Here's what I liked about the first goal. Um, you know, the, the ball gets overcrossed, and when I mean when you coach youth soccer. 
you know, one of the things you all you see runs get made in the box and they're quality runs, right? Yep. And then the ball gets overcrossed. And what does everybody do in the box? They they just stay where they are and they wait for the next ball. Yep. Okay. Um you have to do what they call recycle your runs. Okay. And so the ball gets overcrossed and now it comes to Quadrado. All right. So here's what happened. Murata still stayed home around that six yard area and didn't move because he, he had defenders with him. So that created Chiesa's Chiesa was running in at the six on, on the initial cross. He backs out of there now, you know, kind of looking for that top of the box run. And what that's doing is that's opening up, Ronaldo to now come in because I think it's yeah. Ronaldo who had the initial cross. Yeah. All right. So, and what is Genoa doing? You, I just named off Chiesa, Ronaldo, and Morata, the three guys who you think are the most dangerous players. So all of Genoa's <laughs> players are over there. Totally that sounds. opens up. Yeah. So all of Genoa's defense is concentrated on those three guys, and that allows Kulishevsky to get into that cutback area. Um, that because no, you know. You, you're not going to respect him the way you respect those other three Juventus players. Sure. And Cuadrado finds it. And part of the quality of that goal is the pass from Cuadrado. He puts Kulishevsky in a position where he has to curl at without without taking an extra touch. Absolutely. Um, you know, so, I mean, I just – these are the little details that I, I, I like to see when I'm watching a game. Um, but it was smart – on the part of Juventus when they changed things up. Murata said, okay, I got all these defenders with me. Cuadrado doesn't have to put the ball here, but these guys are staying with me, so we're good. And then Chiesa gets out of there a little bit, and it lets Ronaldo in. You know, it lets Ronaldo in. Should Cuadrado want to put the ball on Ronaldo's head? You know, and and that can be two feet above every Genoa defender because of how high Ronaldo can get up. Yeah. you know, as an option. So it was it was smart reading of the game by just about everybody uh, on that goal. So, um, you know, the counterattack was very clinical. But then, you know, Adam Digby made the comment as he was watching the game, and he said it on Twitter, and I'm paraphrasing him, um, you know, that 2-0, the, the Juve that played to, with the 2-0 lead just disappeared. Genoa could have tied this game. Chesney yeah. made a big save. He did. Um I think I think General only had two shots, but that two shots were big saves by Chesney he needed to make. You yeah. Know? So, and it makes you question um, Juventus right now defensively. I mean, and still a very impressive defensive record on the season, but they're not the they're not the they're not the defensive old. I mean, they no. they're they're tied with Inter for fewest goals allowed in the league. But when you look at them, they've they've been a little lucky. You know, I, I think the key word that you just mentioned was old. Yeah. Uh, they're still holding on to Chiellini and Bonucci. You know, Demorel isn't quite ready yet to have it. Delict and Demorel. You know, I know that, and you got to keep you know using Chiellini and Bonucci. But it's old at the moment, and you know yeah. they're going to have these lapses. And not to say those are the ones that are blame, right? But you know, the, the defense as a whole needs to get better. Cuadrado as a right back is not the answer. He has been, he's played well there at times. He's played poor there at times, yeah. um, and then left back as well. And you know, having to help with the, with the midfielders, it, it it is not the defense of old, but yeah. they're still a great record. I mean, it's what the one of the top three defenses in the league this year, outside of you know Inter and maybe Hellas or someone like that. But so nothing to scoff at, but still not the team we're used to seeing over the last ten years or whatever. Sure, sure, we're. You know, a 2-0 lead under Allegri, forget Done. it. You're not getting a goal. I yeah. mean, you're not getting back in this game. Exactly. Um, 
you know, he's he's closing it out. Everybody knows what exactly how to go through the rest of the game, and they yeah. and they basically suffocate. The, they they basically just they they suck the life out of the game. Yeah. Um, that's not this. That's not this Juve for some reason. So, um, and I think that there've been a lot of moments when they've been without the ball, when they've been in defensive situations where they've been very lucky, you know, to be tied with Inter for fewest goals conceded this season. Uh, is that a, is that also a product though of Pirlo ball, where he he wants to play a more entertaining style, and so you know something you got to give up is that defensive you know shutdown thing, and I think he'll learn as he as he gets more experience is that you need to have that switch where you go from. You know, all beautiful play to okay. Let's shut let's shut up shop and and let's get this result here because I think that's what they're missing at the moment. And they're they're trying to play entertaining, beautiful football, but they're they're lacking that defensive responsibility, that discipline. And I think once he gets that, you know, yeah, maybe you're not going to be playing the same way after two nothing, but at least shut up the shop like you know Allegri used to do uh, and find his way to do it. And I, at the moment, he's his teams are his team is lacking that. And so when they figure that out, they'll be even better than they are now. So. I think he got things a little more under control when they brought McKenney back. When they brought McKenney on, certainly, certainly, uh, because then now you've got McKenney, Rabio, and Bentoncourt operating there in the middle of the park, uh, where they can kind of close things up. And I think that you know, I mean, that's that's the one thing with Pirlo is that he was smart enough to recognize that after the Skamaka goal. Frank, did I lose you? I'm here. Oh, there you are. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, you know, Skamaka had to get down. Uh, or Skamaka, I think it was Skamaka who had the shot. Yes. And Chesney had to get down for it. Yep. Um, so that has happened more than enough for more than enough for Juve fans. They 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 can't be comfortable with it. No. Um, you know, so uh, but. Good recognition on Pirlo's part to introduce McKenney and have a third man in the center of the park to try to limit some of that, give a little bit more protection for the back line uh, because they were under pressure against Genoa. And then obviously McKenney was the one that was sprung forward on the counter to, to get the third goal and the wrap of the three points. So there are moments where Pirlo looks good as a manager and there are moments where I think when Juve has a failure, it's like he's, it's, he's the scapegoat right off the bat. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And I don't know how fair that is um, because, like I said, I think there's moments where he's made some pretty good decisions as a manager, you know, and shows that he's capable. But then there's also when it goes bad, he's the first one they go after. You never see these players get blasted for their for their performances. I hardly ever see it from, from Juventini. The perils of being at a big club. It's always going to be the, the manager who's a scapegoat and the one who gets applauded at times as well. Um, you're right. With any of, the, any, of the, any of the top clubs, I think, you know, whenever things go wrong, it's why did the manager fail to do this? Why did the manager fail to do that? Um, and then, you know, they never look at the players, especially if you got, you know, players, you know, like Ronaldo on your team, Morata. Why are you going to look at them? They, they've had a history of doing great things. So, you know, you give them a benefit of the doubt, mm-hmm. um, especially when it's a new manager, too. But even 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 then, so I mean, you look at you know look at Pioli. He's been around for a while. And he's he's gotten many criticism for for bad performances as well. So, yeah, it just it just uh, what happens when you play at a big club. Uh, the expectations of the manager are unrealistic at times. Uh, we've seen it in many leagues and many top top teams. Is when you don't perform. Sometimes you get to act too quickly. Now Juventus is not that type of club, but the criticism is absolutely there when when you don't play to the to what the man what the what the the chief expects you to play and what the fans expect you to play, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, it just comes with the territory, I think. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. Do you know that the Sergei goal was the only shot on goal the entire game between Verona and Lazio? Yeah, it, it, it's crazy. Milinkovic Savic had some. I mean, the team had some opportunities that all missed wide. Like I said, Caicedo had a goal that was a great goal, but it was taken away because it wasn't a high elbow. Milinkovic Savic had a great opportunity in the first half where he kind of had to react all of a sudden and take a shot. It was close, but it was off target. Um, so many of their opportunities were way off target, and finally they get something on target, and it's a goal. Yeah. So it's it's surprising that it is. It's surprising, but it's not because you watch the game like we did. And you're like, okay, I thought many shots were going on, but yep. on target, it was only this that one. So, yeah, I mean, when you look at a one nil scoreline with these two teams and with what Hellas Cavetona could do going the other way, you're thinking, okay, Silvestri probably had to make about four or five saves in this game. Reyna probably played, you know, played on his head. Yeah. Uh, but no, I mean, no. chances were just wasted. Um, yeah. And that's what it from was. Both teams. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, until uh, until Sergey got the goal. Um, I mean, both teams had good movement, too. It's just the shots were poor, and they weren't on target. Yep. Roma in this game and in the yes. first leg against Ajax, they, this, is, this is where Roma is good. Roma is good when they're uncomfortable, okay? Roma is good when they don't have the ball. I mean, and, you know, this the, the goal was kind of a fluke. I mean, and, and Meyer actually did really Great well. Great goal. I mean, he goal we can't pass the goalkeeper. Yeah. 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 But, um, you know, this is, a, this is exactly – this is what I would think a Roma-Bologna game would be like. Bologna is going to come forward. They're going to create chances. A lot of quality. Put some pressure. Um, and uh, Roma will win the ball and hit on the break. And it happened in the IX-Roma game. Roma's – There you are. We're having some. We're having some. Uh, that hamster. You didn't feed the hamster. <laughs> supposed to keep going on. Me that or meal. you? Me or you? you. Yeah, I think it's you. Uh, you've been freezing them on. I think it's you. So. <laughs> my, I, my, I think it's. I think it's. I think. I think it's because Michael Lisi just arrived this time. Yeah, yeah. I can blame it on that. The wave forces is just <laughs> too much. <laughs> I think Bologna in that game, you know, I felt it was a little of a letdown from Roma. I and mean, I know that was the game plan that they wanted, but Bologna had way too many opportunities in this one. I thought that Bologna really blew some chances. I thought they could have easily gotten a goal or two if it wasn't for their own, you know, idiocracy. I don't know what, how to, what, what I want to say there, but. Idiocracy is. Idiocy. It was a good movie. It's a movie. Idiocy. idiocy, yeah. I was you're, thinking you're, of the movie. You're the, you're the polyglot. I'm correcting you. Thank you. Uh, I never said English is my first language. Well, it is my first, uh, whatever. Uh, but yeah, no, I think Bologna blew a lot of opportunities in, the, in this game. And, uh, you know, Roma were playing with house money. We're playing with fire, I think. And uh, they got they got away with one, I think. Uh, but the goal was brilliant. Brilliantly done. And it is, to your credit, it is what they what they wanted in this game. We saw it with the IX match as well, yeah. with the counterattack. But they made it, you know, they gave way too many opportunities for Bologna, I think. And had it been a better team, it could have been a much different result. Federico Fazio was part of a defense that got a clean sheet today. That's, that's amazing. That's astonishing. I uh, should be player of the week for that. Well, I mean, and I think that that's another reason why Bologna had all the superiority. It's like, all right, we've got this, we've got this bum that has to play <laughs> back here. <laughs> We're going to have to protect him. Yeah, and that's what they did, really. I mean, it, yeah. but did you notice? I mean, the majority of Bologna's. Mm-hmm. 
you know, some of some of Bologna's more dangerous chances came from getting the ball down in that area and getting it to where Andreas Skovolson was. Yeah, um, no, absolutely. So, uh, you know, so it's it's no secret. It's like, all right, let's put some pressure on this guy because he stinks. Um, and uh, you know, this time he this time he came good. I mean, but you can't. I mean, and that's that's the other part of the game plan when you know you got a guy like that. It's it, it reminds me of. Uh, you know, dodgeball where the tells the tells tells the the, the the guy that Steven Root plays and he said, you know, you're the only guy left and you stink something awful. Yeah, and you're gonna yeah. have to come up with something. You're gonna have to get angry. And this kind of Roma's case said, we've got this guy back here and he stinks something awful. We're gonna let the <laughs> we're gonna have to let Bologna have the ball so that we can be around him to help him. There you go. There you go. There you go. Oh my goodness! Oh my! Uh, so you can dodge uh, a wrench, you can dodge a ball, and it worked out. And yeah, and and look at and and look who wasn't, but but look who was in goal, <laughs> Antonio yeah. Mirante. Yeah, it seems like every time Antonio Mirante plays for Roma, he wins and gets a clean sheet. It's yeah. crazy. It is. It is it's crazy. Yeah. You think he didn't play more, you know? But oh, and what a what a performance from Napoli today too. My goodness, they look good. I mean, the the one touch passing on the one goal was brilliant. I mean, the, the, Napoli the way they played today was. Yeah. I mean, Aldero had a lot to do today, and if not for him, the scoreline could have been you know five, six, seven, nothing. Uh, really well done by Napoli. This is what well, we were hoping Spina, to see. Spina had a little bit to do too. Sure, no, he sure he had like I think like four saves or something. But you know, this is better than what we saw against Juventus in midweek. Um, I thought Napoli had a, did good to come back and play. To their potential in this one, and uh, you know, got the result they needed. Sure, two nothing. I mean, to do what they had to to keep pace with the big boys. Um, but uh, yeah, it just well done, well done. I mean, we talked about the three they conceded to Crotone without, but they didn't have Koulibaly, and now Koulibaly comes yep. back into the team. He was vital. Yep. You know, Espina making some saves. Fabian Ruiz was was excellent. Not just the goal. Um, Preventer in the house. Good to have you with us. Inter worldwide. Yeah, we're getting more Inter guys. Is it because of the top of the table? It's because we talk so much about Inter and we just love them so much. And I don't know. We give them. We give them more. Attention. Top of the table. Yeah, we, we give them. We give them more attention than Sempre Inter. And and <laughs> I don't know about that, but <laughs> uh, we might. I don't we know. might. I don't know. We might I be think, nicer. We might be nicer about them than Sempre Inter. Maybe yes. Yeah, I think Neiman and the boys do a lot of content that we don't do, but we may be nicer. I think we may be nicer. Not as yeah. critical. Yeah, so, um, you know, and just looking at all of this, Aussie man getting on the ball, on the on the uh, good for him, good goal too. Again. Yep, um, good for his confidence. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, just a, a convincing display by them by Gattuso's men. I mean, they're they're clearly going to be the team that's ready for one of Milan, Juve, Atalanta to slip up. Yeah, uh, to steal yeah. one of those uh, top four places. So, um, just uh, just just another good, just a good performance. I mean, what else can you say? They were they were clinical yeah. today, and then, yeah. but also with the threat of what Sampdoria can do going the other way, they they dealt with it really well. So, yeah. uh, you know, complete team game by uh, by Napoli. Absolutely, absolutely. Goals of the week. Okay, goals of the week. Uh, let's see. So. Um, my honorable mention, like I mentioned already, Caicedo would have been my goal of the week, but his didn't count. Um, so my, my honorable mentions will be Inter's team goal that Darmian scored and then uh, Napoli's team goal that Fabian scored. I thought uh, okay. both are brilliant. I love team goals. They didn't quite make my top five, though. Um, I kind of included the midweek because there's a couple games in there, and I thought some nice goals. Oh, so I want to give them some you're love. you cheating again. It's... I am cheating. 
Match week 30, not match, not match week makeup. It's all right. It's all right. You play uh, by your own rules. That's I do. I do. I do. Uh, number five, Chiesa's assist in that game in midweek uh, with Ronaldo goal. It was a brilliant, brilliant move to get away from uh, Insigne and I think uh, Husai uh, to get the assist on Ronaldo's goal. That was a beautiful assist by him. Number four, um, I think it's also going back to midweek. Uh, it's Lukaku getting the assist from uh, Ashley Young, a wonderful header there. Uh, really, really well taken. Uh, now coming back to this week, uh, number three for me, Junior Traore. I thought a wa- wonderful goal by him. Um, was it this week? Or was it was midweek, wasn't it? It was midweek. It was midweek. I'm sticking with that midweek. This is, I love why, the midweek. I, this is why I stick to the current match week that we're reporting about. Well, that, you know, reason why? Because only two goals I found in, the, in this week that I liked. Uh, Gigi, I thought his goal, his opening goal, was really well taken. Uh, it was difficult to score that that he did, and uh, well done by the Crotone forward. And then uh, the the winner for me was uh, Kwame's beautiful assist of Lahovic on his second goal. Uh, just well done to get a pass, well touched to get over the defender and, and then find find Vlahovic for the open goal there. So uh, those are my top five. They're mostly from the midweek, but uh, n- nice goals nonetheless. Well, all of mine are match week 30 goals. Um, <laughs> so uh, I'm going with Mayoral at number five. Okay. Um, just for the little move he did to get past the goalkeeper to set yep. that up um, and then have the empty net. Uh, Kofi Gigi gets in at number four for me. Um, Fabian's goal comes in at number three. Brilliant team goal. Uh, Ante Rebic's goal is number two for me. I, I love the turn, uh, yeah, to, you know, nice. to create the space and the finish, finish and the finish. Yeah, and, and big fan of the Kulishevsky goal. Uh, yeah. just not just the not just the the Quadrado pass, the Kulishevsky finish, but all of the work from all of the players in the penalty area that build up built up to that, and it, it helped that it was a it was a very nice finish. Uh, so yeah. Dejan Kulishevsky is my goal of the week. Okay, so. wonderfully done. Wonderfully done. Uh, should we get to the questions now from the uh, from the listeners? We shall get to. Let's get to the questions. All right. Let's uh, start from the bottom here. Uh, first, uh, from our friend Pouty Saudi. He says, "Frank, what's wrong with Hakan? My boy was on fire just a week ago. Unfiltered answers only, please. I'll let <laughs> you go first. It's, it's right to you. I don't know if I'm going to be unfiltered. I mean, I don't know if there's. I, he, he obviously had a he had an awful spell." um here for a little while i i he's definitely not out of it by any stretch of the imagination but you know he's not as terrible as he was previously i think in this game against parma i think he was just ordinary i don't think there was anything that was there i don't think there was a wow factor to him in his performance but i also don't think he was disappointing um you know is some of this just you know contract stuff you know, and getting that point, and maybe there's some aggravation here that that something hasn't been done. Um, that could be. I mean, you only need yeah. to look at what he did for his country in World Cup qualifiers. I mean, he was amazing over the over the international break, and you're just like, please bring that form back with you. Um, you know, in three through two games, we haven't just we just haven't quite seen it. He's our Bernadeschi. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, <laughs> I mean cause he's not. He was yeah. actually really. That's an insult. Actually, yeah, that's. Yeah, he, he was really good, uh, you know, for a long period of time here. Sure. Um, but it's, you know, it's kind of faded out. And you go and you see him dazzle for Turkey, and then he comes back and he's meh. I, I, I got to think that the contract squabble has a lot to do with that. I think ever since the the whole contract thing came up is when his play started going down. And maybe we're looking at him more critically, or I am. Um, he's certainly got the numbers to match any 
you know midfielder in the world, including you know Bruno Fernandez. Everybody's gushing over in, in the UK, uh, who's just an average you know Serie A player here. Uh, sorry, uh, but uh, you know Hakan still has been you know for what he's asking for and what you know what that kind of money and you know you're expected to see. We don't see it. He doesn't. He doesn't play like a player to me that you know warrants a seven and a half million dollar a year or whatever he's asking for a contract. Uh, he's a good player. He certainly is, and he's had great numbers this year. Um, at times he's had really really great games. At times he's been very poor. Uh, I don't think he was you know that bad in the, in the Parma matchup. But overall, I think it's this the contract has to be not only uh, part of it for him, but I think also for us or me for certainly for certainly um, that he's this uh, not meeting meeting the expectation that he wants and what you know what we think entails over the money he's asking for. But yeah. Yeah, he's so I'm so I'm so happy to have him. Um, no doubt about that. And you know, I think uh, when he plays like he can, when he's capable of, like we saw against with Turkey, uh, he can he can be a really fantastic player. His free kick ability, his shooting, quality, technique, and quality is really amazing. Really, I mean, he not many people shoot harder than he does. Um, but uh, still, it's still not quite what you would want for a ten. I think, um, and that's just me trying to be polite as possible about him. <laughs> Yeah, I you want more consistency out of yeah. him. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, so no doubt. All right, moving on. Uh, this one comes from Jake, the at that Milan fan says uh, thoughts on Conte's four two four system. Four two four. Yeah, so this is this is the thing about Conte's system, right? And and really any formation, whatever they line up with, is not necessarily the formation you're going to see throughout the game. They depending right. on the attack or defense. When when Inter are in the attack, it does look like a four two four because you got the guys pushing up and you know leaving the two, two midfield holding midfielders like Brozovic and Eriksson back or whatever. So it does give the appearance of a four two four, but overall it's really a three five two. What we've seen. Um, and then you get a variation of that, you know, when they're in defense, it's probably five defenders back there, if not more. Uh, so I just, I think that, you know, when we look at formations, we really got to look at it with a grain of salt because majority, there's rarely any team that keeps that same formation all, all game long because it depends on the situation of the game. It changes up, right? So, you know, what you start with is usually what, you, what the midfield play will be when the ball's in the middle. But when you go in the attack, it'll be, numbers will be up more one way. And then, you know, look at Man City. Sometimes they play like a, with like a one one nine or something like that, right? It's because yep. it depends on what the situation is. So I think, yeah, when the four two four is, it's kind of what you expected because you see either the two wing backs are pushing up or some of the attacking midfielders are pushing up. And, it, you know, Inter, when they have the ball, they like to create opportunities, and you have to bring in more bodies to get, create that in the box. And I think Inter do a very good job of that. But that's you know my take of the four two four is just an illusion, not so much uh, an actual. Yeah, fact. I mean, I can I can kind of see how that how it morphs into that. You know, Bastoni probably moves out to being a little bit more of a fullback or maybe an advancing, yeah. you know, defender. You know, in some kind of role, and Darmian kind of stays home as a right fullback. So there's your four, yep. and then it's you know Young, probably higher, you know, into the left of Sanchez. It depends what ball, what side the ball is on, right? Because that the yep. opposite wing back will stay back to your to your credit, and they're going to push forward. And so, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. I mean, it can morph into that. You know, Christian Eriksen would kind of be that fourth advancing player. Not necessarily a guy that's going to go terribly wide. Maybe Lukaku goes out there. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Um, and, uh, you know, then Brozovic and Sensi tend to hold. But it's not necessarily even that because we talked about it. Sensi was, you know, coming forward a lot. So it was Brozovic, you know, spending a lot of time behind the play. It was almost like a a four four one three two 
uh, yeah. Yeah. you know, in a sense. Absolutely. Um, that it was just, you know, putting a lot of pressure on Calgary. I probably would say it was more like that, you know, than a 4 2 4. But, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it has its merits and you probably can get away with it because of the job that the defenders have been doing this season. Um, I think that they've clearly, I mean, they've been the best defense, you know, they're, they're, yeah. they're joint best defensive team in the league, like we've been, been saying here tonight. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it can definitely morph into that and put a lot of pressure on the other team. I think that, you know, as we alluded, when they're in those, when they're in that alignment going forward, it's to allow those midfielders to back up the forwards because they're the team, they're in the possession. The forwards are kind of in a, in spots where they're a little bit more crowded and don't mm-hmm. necessarily do the things that they do in counterattacking situations. Right. So you've got guys behind the play that can be dangerous and that can create some things. So um, that's where it, you know, that's where that, that's where morphing into that system has its use for inter. Absolutely. No, hundred percent. 100%. All right, moving on. Uh, let's see. Uh, Scott Monroe says, uh, Marcelo Brozovic, neck tattoo. Discuss. Uh, we've talked in the past about guys like Perotti uh, for Roma with his neck tattoo uh, and Nayan Golans. Uh, what do you make of Brozovic's new neck tattoo? It's uh, You can't miss it. <laughs> I got to look at it. I got to look at it. It's, uh, I, I'll just say this. I like tattoos, but I'm not a fan of the neck tattoo or anything above the neck, really. Um, you know, keep it... Shoulder and below. Uh, I, I don't mind the arm. I love the arm sleeves and leg leg sleeves and all that stuff. I got tattoos myself, but uh, anything above the neck and above, it's just not for me. And uh, I don't like it. It's not. I not, gotta not look for, me, for it. Is, hey. it. is it? Is it this bomb? Yes, it's it's it literally is a bomb. It literally is a bomb. Oh, man, he is the bomb. But no, it's not that. Uh, I mean, do you know that you got to have that shit on you for the rest of your life? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's why me. I don't have any. That's why I don't have any tattoos. I just yeah. like I, I don't want to get something and then, like I'm 65 years old and I look at that and look at it and it's a mistake. <laughs> you know, I mean, maybe I'm a little old fashioned, but yeah. If I ever got a tattoo, it'd be like the Adidas leaf. You know, <laughs> okay. down on my, you know, maybe on my like my lower right leg. Sure, sure, or something like that. But that's it. I mean, I, you know, I'm I'm sorry, I'm boring, but. <laughs> Yeah, there are times where tattoos can be tasteful, but this is yeah, this is not for me. I don't know what you're going. I don't know what you're going for here. I don't either. I don't either. So uh, anyway, that's we'll move on from that. Um, Jake again with another question says, uh, "Does Donnarumma kissing the badge but not pending the contract annoy you?" No, no. I mean, look at who's his agent. It's Raya. It's this is all gamesmanship. I mean, yeah. This is all gamesmanship. This is all leverage. There's a lot of things that he's being counseled on by his fat fuck of an agent. Know this. If it was him making the calls, he would have signed a long time ago. But it's not. It's it's his agent. He paid his agent to get him good money. And this is the reason why these agents are there. And so it's all Raiola. It's nothing to do with Donnarumma. Yeah, I think, you you know, you're talking about a guy who has said that he wants to be Milan captain someday. All right? And... This is not, to your point, this is not Donnarumma behavior. This is leverage. This is what you do in contract negotiations. Yeah. You know, it's business. You know, I wouldn't, you know, the, the contract stuff, I'm, I, I don't take that personally. I, you know, there's some people, I mean, there's a lot of people that get very agitated 
Um, you got to go to our friends at Hardcore Italians and, and get that uh, You Give Me Ajita uh, shirt then, okay? Um, <laughs> or send it as a gift to Donnarumma if you're, if you're really that upset about it. Yeah. So just don't uh, throw money at him like you did last time to last contract. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's <laughs> these. This is this is part of the this is the business of doing business. Um, and right now these are just what you're seeing is is leverage tactics. You know, mainly from the experienced agent who is counseling his young player into how to manage his way through this contract to get the most money possible from his employer. It's just it's what it is. It is what it is. All right, uh, the Calcio guys, they ask, uh, thoughts on Vlahovic this season, his growth as a player, and is it still too early to talk about him making the jump to a bigger club as he's only 21 years old? Um, I, 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 I complimented his savvy, uh, you know, in the penalty area on the, on the first goal. Yeah. Um, you don't often see 21-year-olds having, kind of having that kind of awareness. He's a, you yeah. know, he's a big target. Yeah. Um, you know, where he does not fit in the identity of what we like in a modern striker is that he maybe lacks some pace. You know, some of these bigger clubs, if they're going to be looking for a striker, they're who's our Lukaku? Who's who? Who can be our Lukaku? Who can be our Zapata? I mean, who can be a real handful? You know, in all of the functions of a striker, checks all the boxes, right? Right, checks all the boxes. Um, and I don't know if Vlaovic is there yet. You know, I mean, there are, I mean, signs like today that show he's on his way, but there are some physical attributes that I think limit him. And I um, think, he, I, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. He can be a presence. There's no yes. doubt about it. Um, there's some, there's some things from a pace standpoint that I think obviously are not there, which could probably hinder him. You're going to have to, you know, tailor his tailor, the tailor your attack around that, you know, and you're going to have to make sure that he is elite in hold-up play uh, and being able to create for other players. Um, you know, uh, and a guy that's going to get into positions early because he's not going to outrun anybody to a cross uh, or to a spot. He he's going to get his goals by finding the right finding the right spots in the penalty area early for the crosses or, or for some of these you know for some of these other plays. But but a guy like him continue to be the aerial target that he is um, need to be elite in hold up play. I think he's decent in hold up play right now. He's not even, he's not, doesn't hold a candle to what Lukaku can do holding the ball. Um, you know, not many strikers can, sure. um, uh, but a guy that can get there. I don't, I, I think a jump after this season is too premature. I, I, I want him to stay at Fiorentina. Uh, I'd like to actually see Fiorentina get another manager too, um, mm -hmm, somebody mm -hmm. that's going to make continue to make the most of his talents, sure. and surround him with the kind of playmakers and the kind of attributes that you know will allow Fiorentina to be successful. But I think that if he, you know, there's there's areas of his, areas of his game that he needs to develop before he just makes and makes a jump to a, to a bigger club because we've seen young strikers like this, you know, jump at this age when they're not 100% ready. Okay, yeah. you know. Piantic comes to mind. Very young at Genoa, made a big splash, still had things to work on, but Milan bought in on him anyway and, you know, made an immediate impact, but eventually got found out, you know, and never got the opportunity to grow into that role. You know, right. 
And I don't think you can go to a big club and grow into a role as a young player like Vlaovic. I think you got to grow into, I think you got to grow into your talent where you're at now, and then the opportunity to play at a better club, uh, like in you know whether it's a Milan or whether it's an Inter or, or a Roma. I, I think actually, I think Roma would be an amazing fit for him if they move on from Jekyll and don't believe in Mayoral for some reason. So yeah. Um, but that's 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 where I'm at with Lalovich. Yeah, it, it's similar to what like you know we were just talking about there with, with Chiesa, right? With Fiorentina, he's there for a while, and then it, what allows you is when you go to that new club and you're not quite adjusting to it yet, you can right. still you, you have experience now where you can find a way to get yourself into that club, like Chiesa did. All of a sudden, he's he's becoming one of the better players on that team uh, because of that experience he had at Fiorentina, staying there longer. I think you know we well, we talked about this last podcast out. You know, probably an ideal partnership with him is someone like a Christian Kwame because yeah. he, he he makes up for what he lacks. And so Kwame brings that pace and he has that um, he brings you that X factor ability that you can't he Vlahovic doesn't bring. And so yeah. that's why they look so well together today, is because they're doing exactly they're an exactly perfect combination for each other. And so if he were to move on, if it wasn't some aroma, I can see aroma because you know it would fit into their system because they would have runners that could look like a, a Kwame or a second striker that comes in because they have so many guys that come in like Mehatarin and stuff. But or a team that has a player like a Kawami type, a faster player or a, a skilled player who could play off of you, uh, as you know Kawami played with Piontek. That's what Piontek was doing so well, right? The similar type player with Vlaovic. Yep. Um, and so you you find a team that maybe maybe not the top team like you said because you want him to get some pitch time. Maybe an upper middle middle table team that he can get that pitch time and someone who can have a compliment with him as sidekick for so if so to speak and uh that would be really good for him i think and uh you know i agree i kind of want to see him say it say it he had a good season so far uh continue with fiorentina next season with kwame yeah. and build upon that and then you know if you know things are really going great you know maybe you got to make for another move because i think uh i agree i think he's not quite ready there but he's got the makings of a, of a good striker very savvy today as you mentioned his hold up play is good could get better um, if you want to get to that elite club, elite level, uh, you need some more time to practice, to get get the work, the footwork together, get the small things together. Skamaka is another one. There's a similar situation, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think Skamaka still has some growth uh, and should stay. At, he's another one that should stay at Genoa. I don't think we want to rush these young guys into places where they're forced to be great when they're not ready to be. So, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Uh, good question, though. Good question. Yeah, great question. Uh, okay, another question. This comes from um, hey, it's. At that Milan fan, Jake, again, uh, says, uh, do you see any players from the current relegation sides moving to the top four teams? That's an interesting question. All of Cagliari. <laughs> yeah. Mean. I mean, yeah. that's All their goalies, <laughs> Cranio, Vicario, I mean, anybody, you name it. I mean, pretty much take their whole team and go. I, I'm a big Razvan Marin fan. I've been saying that a lot this season. I, You know, he's someone that definitely needs to land somewhere else and stay in a top flight uh, yeah. for his development. Um Good playmaker, good passer, very very talented midfield type player. You know where I think would be a great destination for him. Where's that? Um, it's going to take a little bit of time. For, it would take a little bit of time for him. But if what Rafa says is true about Fabian going to Real Madrid, Razvan Marin with time could fit in at Napoli um, and, and could play in that deeper midfield role, very similar to what he does at Cagliari. He doesn't have the defensive qualities you know, that, that Fabian has, but yep. he's, he's a technician. Um, and with time, he could be, he could be a nice fit for Napoli. Okay. I, you know, I, I can't wait for, 
for Rafa and those guys to, to, to hear this and see, see if they agree with me. Yeah. Um, but that's a, you know, that's a useful destination as an example. Um, I, I, I is the, is the Calcio guy in the chat, a Napoli fan is that why we're getting that reaction right now? I don't know. I don't know if it's Adriano, if it's Nick, or, or if it's grateful Gianni. For, is grateful for the grateful for us complimenting his question. Either way, all of all of the above. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, let's just let's look at Cagliari's lineup. I mean, oh look, okay. So look, Vicario is a new goalkeeper. He probably could go if he, if they get relegated. Though he may be good for him to stay. You know, if, especially he might, if Cranio he goes. might stay, but Cranio might go. Cranio needs know. to go. Uh, Marin, like you mentioned, Duncan is one I, I think should leave. Um, yep. He still could. He could still is very serviceable in Serie A. Nahit Hernandez, Jao Pedro will be an interesting one because he's been there for a long time, but he's still yeah. a quality striker. Pavoletti, obviously. Um, let's see who Giovanni Simeone. He should go. Clavan, um, Licojanis, Cherry. I mean, there's certainly a lot of talent on this team that could go, should go to a Serie A team. Maybe not a top four. Um, you know, if you look in the top four, Marine is one that you, you certainly could go to the top four. Jao Pedro would be a serviceable striker in one of the top four teams. Uh, give you some depth, I think. Yep. Um, but outside of that, maybe where, would Jao, where would Jao Pedro fit? Well, that's a good question. Lazio? Lazio, Lazio could work. Immobile. Yeah, Lazio certainly could work. I'd love to hear work. Jerry's opinion on that. Yeah. Um, He's not happy with Marici. Um. I don't yeah. blame them. Lazio, I do like Lazio. Uh, not so much Roma. Napoli, I don't think. I mean, what they got going on right now is either the Smalls or, or Osiman, who's very amazing there. Um, Ciao Pedro. I mean, I could see him at I could see him at a Juve. I could see him at an Inter as a backup or even or even at Milan. Milan is probably the least likely of the, the top three. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't see him really at Atalanta either. But, you know, certainly Juve and Inter – uh, and Lazio, I like your I like your shout about Lazio as well. Uh, yep. Those those probably those three teams I think for me. Yep. yep. I, I I would say João Pedro. I would say Marin. I would say uh, Rugani. Godin's not going to hang around to play on the Serie B side. Um, <laughs> João Pedro over Marici. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I would. Jerry would yeah. probably agree with that too. Yeah, I wouldn't blame them. So. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Zappa is decent, but he's one that might, he, he's one that would probably say, they yeah, had Duncan to your point. Um, Pavoletti is up there now, and isn't he up there in age? He's a little older, isn't he? Yeah. Let me look, yeah. Their details on Pavoletti. Yeah, he's 32. You know, I mean, who's going to take him? So, I mean, and then the other is, is you've got Chilito still there on the books at Caliente mm-hmm. that might. He's not. I don't think he's going to want to hang around and be on a SETI B team either. So, no, no. He's got bigger um, aspirations than I think from that. Yeah. So I mean, the Caliari guys. We made the hot take that if Torino stay up and Davide Nicola is rewarded with an extension or is allowed to stay on, that if they move on from Belotti, you could see Sime going to Torino because yeah, he got started with playing for Davide for he got started playing here in Italy for Nicola. Um, it would be relatively sensible so um you know you're looking at the you're looking at these parma players there's some there's some decent guys in here mid-table um, teams i think though i don't know i mean there's not i don't think there's many players i would i would put into the top four team yeah i'm not looking at them for looking at any of these guys for top four i'd be looking at these guys for um i'd be looking at these guys for mid-table to your point or newly promoted 
we were talking about Roma earlier, and I know they got Mayara. We mentioned much of names. Uh, Cornelius would be a good fit, I think, with Roma, but not much other teams in the top sure. top six or whatever. Um, Gervinho, he's still serviceable, but not really. Uh, mm. Kortic is all right. Kuchka is all right. But, I mean, they're mostly a mid-table team. Sepe would probably be, the, of, of all the group, though, he'd probably be the most likely to get most pitch time out of any of these teams, I think. You know, find a team that can split the role with another goalkeeper or maybe take their position. Maybe Lazio need an actual goalkeeper. You know they got you know they got a couple guys there that you know substitute I guess if you want to call their okay goalkeepers but I think Sepe would be a good fit for him at Lazio I think as a starting goalkeeper. Yeah, I mean this is the interesting thing with these three teams that are gonna that are facing the drop. They all have good players that can go help yeah, somebody else. Absolutely. Uh, Hernani uh, can provide can can help somebody's midfield. Yeah. Um, you know he's decent enough, so that's another one. Um, as far as Crotone, I mean, Simi is obviously the first name, you know, that you would look to. Um, yeah. Adam Unas is on the books there. You would think he'd go somewhere else. Um, yeah, for sure. For potentially Junior Messias. Um, Recha is not a bad player, but I don't know if he'd be top four. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Recha would be, you know, another middling type team. Zanolato so. would be a middle team, you know. Sure. Carmine. So, yeah. Yeah. Sure. So yeah, right. there's 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 good players. I mean, they they could find new homes if uh, they choose not to try to to fight it out with the team that they're with, trying to get trying to get promoted again. So yeah, no doubt about it. All right. So last question is from Interfan North at Cambilasso says, uh, name a top club that wished they hadn't loaned out a certain player, and who would that player be? Names that come to mind: Rogani, Candreva. Uh, any any? What about you? Any any names that come out that you think would uh, hmm. they players would regret? Um, at times this season, I know Milan fans probably uh, or Milan probably regretted giving up Bobega, uh, but uh, I think that's uh, I think he's good where he's at. Yeah, um, it's a it's a it's a tough question. I think it's um, a great question. I, I really can't say. Um, Mandra- I mean, I know Mandragora and or Orsolini are. I don't think they're still in the books with Juve, but I'm, I'm sure um, you know had they still been in the books, they would be two players that they would love to have on their squad for depth. Yeah. I thought they made Orsolini permanent to Bologna. I think I think he is. And I, I think Mandragora as well has been moved permanent somewhere else. But, um, yeah, um, it's interesting. I'm looking that up right now. And there's some big-time players, I think, that have moved on uh, as, a, as loans. Like Unas, may, uh, Unas has been sold, I think, from Monopoly to, to um, Cortone. That's a good See question. Here. That's a good question. Chelsea with Tamori. <laughs> Chelsea's probably saying that about Tamori for sure. For yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah, and I think I just didn't. I see something earlier in uh, earlier in the week that uh, Milan are ready to pick up that uh, uh, pick up that option on him. Good. Good. They so need to. They hopefully need to. that is indeed true. So it looks like yeah, it looks like he is officially property of Bologna. Um. Uh, Ricardo Orsolini, as of July first, twenty nineteen, he's under contract until June thirtieth, twenty twenty three. Yeah, I mean, I you, you stumped me here. Uh, I mean, Contreva is doing well for Sampdoria, but I think what they have right Inter- now, I don't think Inter- no, either. they got Hakimi and they got plenty of options over there. So Rugani, I don't think Inter fans are really missing him. Uh, they're happy where he's at. I, he might be somewhere else, but I mean, nobody really wants him. <laughs> well, um, I'm going to take a look at this, and I'm going to deep dive just to try to give this guy an answer because I'm stumped. Okay. Let's take a look. I'm going to transfermarket.us. They don't. They usually don't let me down with loans. The damn thing would load. <laughs> so there we are. 
Uh, mercy. Um, tough question. Tough question. And so many of the deals these days are loan with option to buy later on, you know, so it's difficult to really judge that. You with Barardi potentially, you know, if yeah, I mean, for sure, if they're still, if you sell the books with them. <laughs> I mean, if you want to talk about a, a sold player, I mean, I think Atalanta probably are kicking themselves for selling Timothy Castan. Yeah. Um, they've had some issues there at the at the wing back position, but you know, in terms of loans, there's nobody, you know, in their team that that stand out as somebody that they miss. Um, looking at uh, let's get down to Inter, and I don't think there's a whole I lot mean, Inter are going to complain about right now, yeah. being where they're at in the table. Um, Isn't technically Chiesa alone at the moment with Fiorentina? He's, he he's is, been, they are. Yeah, you're talking so. about a top team. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's there's really nobody that there's yeah. really nobody that inter miss at this point. Um yeah. typically sold. the top teams, you know, they're loan out guys who are not fitting the system, you know, typically what it is. When it's a mid table team or something like that, that's a different story. Um, but it was a top team, usually they're loaning out their the, the players that can't get the, the time in, you know. So I mean you could say Juve could have used Christian Romero. Um potentially. Who's technically on loan. Uh, yeah. With Atalanta, um, you know, or Cagliari or, or Luganu, who's out at Cagliari, um, you know, that's that's probably another one we talked about how they've had some, you know, issues with center back injuries. Um, Lazio, there really isn't anybody. You know, if we get down to Milan, you were talking about Pobega. Um, you know, I, I don't think they missed Leo Duarte. <laughs> No. Uh, Napoli, yeah, no, they sold everybody. Yeah, um, they didn't really loan anybody out that they, you know, would miss. So, you know, I'll just go with, I'll just go with a sale. You know, Atalanta probably, Atalanta probably, you know, they got a, they got a, uh, they got an offer from Leicester that they just couldn't pass up. It was somewhere in the right neighborhood of twenty six million for Castan. You know. You can't get to you know you can't sign off on that fast enough. But I wonder if they are kicking themselves about selling uh, Amadou Traore or not. I mean, I'm sure not because he's so young. He w- he wouldn't get any pitch time to get a lot of money for him. But yeah, uh, that's interesting. Yeah, so it's a great Diablo. question. Yeah, so I'll just I'll I'll defer to that. As far as loans, I mean, I think maybe by default the uh, the, the the defenders that are are that Juve have out on loan Romero at Atalanta and and Rugani at Caledi, probably. So. Yeah. But they're not considering their considering their defensive record in the league so far. And like I said, we said maybe they've been a little lucky to be joint top in goals allowed. They don't terribly miss them, but um, yeah. you know, it's you know, it's 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 by default that those are the two. Those are probably be the two that you're looking at. Only thing I can say for certain is that you know what what I can say at least for the table is stands that um, the elite are really separating themselves, right? As a as a yeah. as a podcast title suggests, Inter now they have eleven point lead on Milan, uh, and really the top you know seven teams, the Europe Europa League teams or the European qualified teams, they're got a thirteen point gap between Roma and Hellas. I mean that's that's significant. I think we know who the European teams are going to be now for yep. the most part. Um, just the position is where we where we're going to question. Uh, yep. So, I mean, the, the elite are really separating themselves. And really, the bottom three, there's starting to be some separation between them, you know, Caleri at the at the last spot and Torino, who's, you know, five points above them. So, 
things are starting to get into place right now, and uh, you know, we're gonna. I think we're gonna see a lot more teams on holiday time here very soon. Um, with that big gap between seven and eight, and then you know, now it looks like the relegation teams are almost set. I mean, we still got some time to go, but um, things are starting to shape up about where they're gonna be. Just the position, you know, for the teams is the only thing different now. Perhaps, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, you, you're it's your standard seven and. It would take a furious charge from Roma at this point to, to threaten top four. I mean, I think that Lazio, obviously, if they can win this uh, makeup game with Torino, it gets very, very interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, two through six. Uh, so uh, going to be some very, very compelling games here down the stretch. And a lot of these teams play each other, uh, too, over the next few weeks, which will make it even more interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Roma took us by surprise, getting a, a 2-1 win at Ajax. I thought they'd get an away goal for sure. I, I did not think they would come away and win. Did I pick that game as a win? I don't remember. I, 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 knew it was gonna, I thought at least a draw for sure. But, uh, I had 2-1 yeah. to Ajax, I think. So I don't remember I what the I score picked. right. I just had the wrong winner. Yeah, yeah. no, it was good. good job by Roma there to win at Ajax. Um, ball boy was standing, I think uh, – Roman did a good job no matter what in this game. I thought, you know, like you mentioned earlier, they played to their strengths and were successful in that. It, you know, the, I think I think Ajax scored first, right? And they uh, put the pressure on Roma, but Roma did really well in this game, I thought, and uh, especially on the road. So we'll see if they can carry that momentum into that second game. It's going to be a difficult game. Um, yes, they're at home, but uh, nonetheless, uh, Ajax are not a team to scoff at. They certainly got the players. We saw they had a lot of opportunities in the game as well. Um, obviously, they got veteran players like Tadic, but they got a lot of youngsters who are very good. I mean, they're everyone's talking about Broberry that they just sold to Leipzig. But if you look at how many goals he scored compared to other strikers on their team, it's peanuts. Um, yeah. He's not even closer to the top three striker for them. So, I mean, they got some talent on their I mean, young talent on their team. So, it's going to be difficult in the second leg. Um, we'll see what happens. Um, hopefully, they, like I said, carry that momentum and, and get the three points and carry the flag for Serie A. Uh, that's all we can ask for at this point. I'll put them through, but I'm gonna say it's gonna be a two-two draw at the Olympico. I think it's gonna be a goal fest. Um, I think it's gonna be a very entertaining game, but I think that uh, I'm gonna go at the end of the day two-two, which sees Roma through to the semifinal. Mm. I like that. Uh, it's gonna be tight. I think I agree with you. I think it's gonna be a super tight game. I think Roma will do just enough to get through. I think um, it's it's gonna be difficult, but hopefully they they stand up and and, and take that pressure. Uh, Start off better than they started off against Bologna, I, I guess. So, uh, sure. yeah, I have them go through too. Sure. Excellent. So that is our uh, Cliff Notes preview of Roma's chances on Thursday uh, to try to qualify for the semifinals of the Europa League. I think we've covered everything, Richard. Let's get on and have a little fun with this now. All right, let's do it. You think? All right, it is the world's most popular hashtag game. Who won Calcio Twitter? Richard, lead us off. All right. So uh, starting it off, it's actually Pouty Saudi uh, kicked it off with uh, after we posted our podcast. He says, uh, you two forgot to preview the Juventus Champions League game. Sure you don't need a moderator? Yeah. <laughs> uh, very good, Boy, sir. Very good. I was on Juventus. It's yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. At, uh, <laughs> at Napoli Sansone. Guy's got a little bit of an ego on him. <laughs> uh, a massive star has disappeared without a trace. And Napoli Sansoni uh, retweets and says, "Sansoni when Napoli lose." <laughs> oh, very good, very good. All right, so uh, 
I won't play the sound on this one, but uh, this come nominated by Martino Puccio, but this is, comes from uh, Art Morelli, and it's uh, Juve Merida, and it's basically the Star Wars theme, and he really goes in deep. About, you really have to read this. Uh, I'll read the first paragraph here, but it's, a, it's basically the Star Wars theme. It says, Seti B, uh, Calciopoli. I mean, he, he he took his time writing this. So in May 2006, Juventus became one of the five clubs linked to the Calciopoli scandal. In July, Juventus was placed at the bottom of the... Okay, it goes on and on. Just read read the whole thing. It is brilliant. It's got this Star Wars music in the background. Yes. This is a, this is a strong effort. <laughs> this is a brilliant effort, I think. I mean, it goes on and on. I mean, it's just really great stuff by art. Uh, it's going to be hard to beat him this week, I think. <laughs> well, listen, uh, definitely listen on your own time. It's, it's, it's really great stuff, and I mean... The the effort he put into writing this is is top notch, top notch. This this is as creative as it. I mean, Pucho yeah. came through with the uh, uh, the Hitler uh, Milan yeah. so he has an appreciation for these kind of things. Yes, yes. So, oh wow. Okay, yeah. Art Art Morelli is a contender, uh, definitely, no doubt about it. Um, let's see. Uh, Ferrino is replying uh, to um, Alex Dono is trying to go back to back here, Richard. He is. He is. Uh, Martino actually zero chance we score, and this was on April eighth. And I have to assume this was about his beloved Mets. He'll have to help us out with that. And then uh, Alex retweeted saying Milan playing today. (laughs) Ah. Good, nice work, Alex. Nice work. He's getting on a roll here, huh? Yeah. All right. So, uh, well, first nomination, you know, Calafiori is going to be a lot involved in this, but the first one, first nominee is going to go to actually the ball boy uh, for throwing the ball at Calafiori's face. Nice. He gets the first nomination of this batch we're going to have here for Calafiori here. But uh, <laughs> All right. So, uh, and then I just decided, I said, all right, with this one, we're going to just ask, okay, Kelcha Twitter, get involved. Chime in. What is this a metaphor of? Uh, <laughs> we got some responses. Uh, the people came through. Uh, let's see. Um, <laughs> Marsh at fluff underscore Marsh. Califiore, dude, right in the face. Ball boy. That's what your mom said. Nothing like a nothing like a sick sexist mom joke, right? <laughs> Marshmallow Fluff uh, is uh, his name is is uh, Giovanni. He is a uh, contributor for Awesomeo, which is one of the top uh, daily fantasy uh, websites. And he does a lot of the writes a lot of the soccer articles, uh, you know, and things you know, and things like that, and gives a lot of the you know core plays and projections and stuff like that. Covers helps cover the soccer uh, for that website. So, um, let's see. Uh, at Yanimal 1981, Inter winning the title only to have to sell Lukaku to pay for the celebrations. <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh, our, our friend Michael Lisi uh, at AC Milan. Michael, this is me every time a dumbass rumor like Bernadeschi for Romagnoli swap comes across my timeline. <laughs> oh, we got more. Uh, uh, at Roma, Roma, Roma 17, that's a Roman Bukaki. I don't even want to know. My Catholic ears are just bleeding now. Thanks. <laughs> um, at Johnny Rules 27, our good friend Johnny Delicoli. Me, 2021 is going to me, be my year reality. Uh, let's uh. see. At El Said Loud. Interfans, Europe, 
oh, this year it's going to be different. This is our year, ball boy, Shakhtar Donetsk. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uncle Sharma backup account, add Uncle Sharma, Milan players passing to Castellejo. Yes. <laughs> Do we have more replies? I think we got a couple more. Uh, uh, so there's some quoted. So, which one are you at, on? At Vuteling. At Vuteling. Calafiori is so bad at football that even the ball boy mistook him for a dodgeball player. <laughs> oh, there's oh, there's more. Oh, I see it now. There you go. <laughs> Great stuff. Uh, well, there's, there's a couple of quoted ones now. Uh, let's see. Farino says, uh, Milan winning 2 nothing for the first time in weeks. Zlatan threw the ball. <laughs> Where was that one? Oh, <laughs> he quoted we, it. Are we, you're getting a little further up here. No, these are the quoted ones. And then uh, he also said, uh, Milanisi, we're winning the Scudetto. And the Scudetto says, nope, throwing a ball at your face. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's what Isaid says. Uh, UV players handing Ronaldo the ball when he runs up to take another free kick. <laughs> oh, I wish. I wish. And then uh, Art Morelli says, this makes no sense. And someone posted like random score lines. Uh, Real Madrid against 4-1 against Juve. Uh, Real Madrid against 4-3 against Juve. It's all these like random score lines. He's like, this makes no sense. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> a lot of funny ones. A lot of yeah. funny ones. Great stuff. Uh, at underscore Nerazzurri, uh when Pirlo sees Dybala at practice. <laughs> I see that. <laughs> oh, my. I don't know. I find yeah. that so funny. <laughs> Our uh, our Calcio Twitter people came through. They came through big time on this one. <laughs> oh, all right. Let's see. Go back to the other tweet. Normal tweets. Uh... We also have the the streaker in the Granada Manchester United game. Yep. Calcio Twitter got in on that too. <laughs> yeah, Sansone uh, Napoli. Sansone says this guy has played more minutes in Europe this year than Inter. <laughs> <laughs> Sansone coming strong. All right. Oh. So. Let's uh, see. Let's see. Calcio guys replying to Juve <laughs> oh, in Champions League since Ronaldo joined. <laughs> A Juve fan saying fair play. Cheek. <laughs> oh, let's see what else we got here. Big Sheik bringing it again. Uh, let's see. Then we did that one. We did Jan, Lisi. All right, did that. All right, let's see. Uh, Sansoni says, just realized that I have more nominations for who on couch at Twitter this week than Roma has, than, than trophies by Milan, Inter, and Roma in the past decade. Rafa is giving Arturo a second nomination. Got my first vaccine dose today. Forza Napoli Sempre with Forza spelled PF. Like Pfizer, I gotcha, I gotcha. All right. Let's see. Milan bangers. Uh, it's crazy how good we are when most of the squad is healthy and we don't have to play Casillo. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Great stuff. All right. Nice. So, and then uh, I think our last one is a nominee from our friends at Milan Club Philly, David and the First Lady. Um, Felicimi tifosi sordi Milan at FTS Milan. Noi tifosi sordi Milan teniamo a cuore la situazione delicata del signor Maresca. Il nostro consiglio è amplifon Parma Milan. And translating that for those of you, we fans of the deaf Milan care about the delicate situation of Mr. Maresca. Amplifone, it's a uh, earpiece for the uh, for the deaf so they can hear because he's uh, apparently can't hear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, 
that's pretty good. That's oh, good. Oh man, I uh, we got we we've, we've got a lot of choices. I uh, yeah. Uh my goodness. Um I don't know if you're in the chat help us out. This is a difficult one. Um uh, man, going through these. I keep looking at this one right here. It's on the screen. I keep thinking it's Ed and Jekko. <laughs> it's for do fasting or something. <laughs> How long should you fast to lose weight? Is Ed and Jekko? <laughs> Uh, anyway, no. I just, man, the I'm Califiore a... ones. Everybody came up, came through, and 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 it was all quality. Yeah, I I think for the artistic the artistic impression, the creativity, um, the effort, I, I'm gonna give it to art. I think it is art. I think uh -huh. the Juve Mer Juve Mer the uh, I think this is this is the winner. Um, wow. I, uh, you know, uh, and I am going to say that this was one of the best who won culture Twitter weeks we've had. So with, the, you know, once I put that, once we put that out there for the Califiore and we asked culture Twitter, come on guys, do your, do your funniest on this one. Cause it I writes know, itself. I know th this one's, this one's a layup. You guys can all do it. And and they didn't let us down, did they? They did not. They did not. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, so congrats. And he's actually back to at Art Morelli and not fart morally or whatever he was before this. Um, <laughs> fart. I don't know how you can fart morally anyway. Uh, you won. Who won? Calcio Twitter. <laughs> Well done, well done. Thank you, Adriano, for correcting me. It's Ama de Diallo, not the not Traore. Yep. I got the Traores in my head tonight. Go with the week candidate for midweek. I'm just all infatuated with them tonight. Apparently, oh, now I can't unsee that streaker as well. All right, so Art Morelli, I believe this is his second win. Second or third? Yeah, he's up there. Second he's getting there. Yeah, he's he's definitely uh, he, he's he's definitely one of the leaders in the clubhouse. So yeah. we got it. We got to go through and find. We got to go through and count up all the winners. Yeah, so, we do. We do. I know we're. I know we're missing some. Zaniolo fan is no longer on Twitter. Um, yep. So that's a shame. Yep. Because he is the uh, the he is the reigning winner from 2020. Um. So, but nonetheless, hashtag who won Calcio Twitter? You come across something on Twitter Calcio related, funny. Retweet hashtag who won Calcio Twitter so it gets our attention so that we can read it on the next podcast. And again, yep. funny without being offensive. There's obviously a lot of re <laughs> there. There are regional sensitivities within the peninsula too that we know what they are and we're not going to read them if if you're trying to go there. Just just to warn you, that's 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 come up among other things. I think the 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 uh, the, sec the the mom joke in the Roman Bukaki is probably the extent of our. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's probably the extent of where we're going with this. I think we can be funny enough, uh, you know, within those boundaries. So, um, you know, so please keep them coming. It's a, it's it's popular. Everybody everybody seems to love it, and, and uh, we're just going to continue to to hammer away at it. So, absolutely. Um, I think we can put a bow on this edition of Serie A Sit Down, Richard. What do you think? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, before I. Uh... Give my spiel. Uh, make sure you go to Hardcore Italians. Uh, see the the link is here. We'll make sure to tweet it out as well. Uh, go there, buy something, and uh, yeah, you'll get a discount also if you use our code AT15, AT15. Uh, so make sure you do that, and it helps out the uh, podcast as well. So thank you, and 
My, you can follow me as always at r underscore k h a r m a n. Pretty much anywhere. Don't be a chooch. Go to Hardcore Italians. Use that. Don't use that chooch. discount code and get that T-shirt. Don't be a chooch. I I saw that. I said that's my next. That's my next one. Not the you. Nice. I, I should get the you give me a jita. Um, you should, I'll, I'll get that one too. Give it out as a gift. Those, yeah. There you go. My, <laughs> my wife can wear that around the house. <laughs> so. <laughs> And I can just look at it and I said, yeah, I know I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at, where's my finger? FTC underscore 21. Can't help you there, buddy. That's a bad question. <laughs> um, <laughs> Who encounters Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> I'm at FTC underscore 21. Uh, check me out. Give me a follow on Twitter. Uh, I, I'm happy to uh, throw the banter at, uh, at the uh, Kelja Twitter types as well. Um Serie Sit Down, we have our own channel on Apple Podcasts. We have our own channel on SoundCloud. We can be on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever there's podcasts, there's Serie Sit Down. Uh, at Serie Sit Down on Twitter or Instagram, all one word. Uh, drop some comments, uh, questions uh, for future podcasts, any ideas. We're all ears. We're happy to listen and uh, happy to uh, talk about them. So, uh, you know, please. Uh, we're also on Facebook, but, you know, we're not there very often, but you know, drop a line and we may get back to you in a few weeks. Um, maybe. <laughs> so, um, but, uh, but we are also on Facebook as well. So we're on, on all three of those social media platforms for any comments or questions. If uh, you're watching us on YouTube, uh, please drop a like, if you enjoyed the content, uh, please subscribe. If it's your first time, uh, this way you are notified about future, uh, recordings. Um, we will be here Sunday nights, 9 PM Eastern, um, the only time we won't be on 9 p.m. Eastern is when we're potentially on earlier with a European-based guest, which we might do here, Richard, before yeah. uh, before we wrap this bad boy up. I know we have a couple that are interested, so we just got to get we just got to get aggressive with getting that all uh, getting all that wrapped up. So, chat. Thank you very much, as always. Absolutely. Great, great exchanging the ideas with you. Thank you for some of your points and some of your uh, some of your takes. Um, and uh, thank you all for listening as always be sure you're telling your paisans about us ciao